Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to have Powderhorn Guns and Archery with us as well. Brian and Jared are in from Powderhorn. It's time for show and tell. I want to start with this Kimber. Uh, I love the uh, the action of a 1911. I just uh, I just think it's the finest trigger pull in the world. And uh, you brought in a nine millimeter, and it is a Kimber. Cannot go wrong with a Kimber. No, no, good hand quality crafted gun. So this is kind of a um, a newer gun for them. It's a double stack 1911. Uh, very very well. I would say looks and appeal of this is right up there with. Uh, Wilson Combats, you know, EDC-9 and everything like that, but it doesn't have a, a backstrap safety like a normal 1911 does, but it still got that crisp, clean trigger pull like a 1911, but it carries more rounds, so it's 15 plus 1 instead of the normal 9 or 10 or 7. Yeah, that's the, it's the only drawback for me. Uh, is that normally they just don't carry enough rounds. But 9mm rounds are, are really so... You know, they've just improved them over the last 10 or 15 years. Very effective. Uh, yeah, they're very effective. Uh, so it's the best of all worlds. I actually have a 1911 double stack that uh, runs 45 ACP. And it's a handful. I mean, that is a big, heavy monster. It is. This is the perfect compromise. It is. Uh, it really is. Uh, the front sight looks, uh, you know, it's that, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, uh, fiber optic, uh, green yes. fiber optic sights. It's just, it it pops right at you when you pull it up and, and, and get a sight picture. It It's just there. What a great firearm. Wow, and under 1500 bucks for a Kimber? Yeah. Woo! Did you guys steal this or what? No, no, it's brand new. <laughs> wow, nice deal. All right, uh, so you can get that at Powderhorn Guns and Archery, and uh, all you got to do is wait about uh, 45, 50 minutes from now, and you're in. That's when they'll uh, throw the doors open to let you in. All right, uh, there's nothing better than a, a pistol with a, a sight already mounted on it. Is this thing brand new, too? That is brand new. That is a new gun out that uh, has been kind of long awaited for for a while. Uh, so, uh, EA Witness and Grasson has try has stepped into the the 2011 uh, market with a gun that is readily price valued for a person. So, where you see most of the prodigies and the staccatos and the bull armories of the world uh, that are over fifteen hundred dollars, this one's at a price point of eight ninety five. Under a thousand dollars for a double stack 1911 with a, a the three piece uh, frame. So I mean, you got the 1911 uh, style trigger, 1911 group, and everything like that. But it also carries 17 plus one. It's got the beaver tail, uh, the crisp trigger. Mm -hmm. Got the sight built right in. Yep, RE uh, optics cut. So you, if you like the one that's on there, keep it on there. If you don't, you can put put your choice of optics on there. We have plenty of them at the shop to put on there, too. You know what else it's got that I like? Because most 1911s don't have a rail on the bottom. Yes, yes. It is very nice that you can put a, a light under under it or a laser if you want to. or it's, Combo, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this is a nice firearm. What's the price break on this? Eight ninety five ninety nine. So, uh, 
2011 style gun for under a thousand dollars. I actually have one of these, and I've run it in the Midwest Big Iron that was a couple weeks ago. It functioned flawlessly. It doesn't have a lot of kick to it because it's got just the amount of the right amount of weight to it to be able to the the recoil is not there like you would think it would be out of a nine millimeter with the gun being as light as it is, but it just functions and it functions very well. That is neat. All right. I, do you mind if I take a picture of this and send it to my wife? We were talking earlier about buying a firearm for, <laughs> for somebody. Yeah, uh, by all means. Because uh, that is that is nice. How, you get a lot of these in stock? A few? One? Is this it? What? This is the only one right now. Oh. Uh, the first one we got in, I, I had it on back order for myself. When I seen it come out at SHOT Show last, or the beginning of the year, they said they were supposed to be available by midsummer. There was some little hiccups. Uh, along the line of getting them in the states, and they finally got them in the states, and they're slowly trickling out. How many magazines do you get with this? Uh, one, but yeah, they run the same magazine as the, the Staccatos, the Prodigies, or, and any other double stack 1911, so they're readily available. Man, that's everything all in one package. Mm-hmm. All right, now... Uh, you, and I, I think this is uh, Brian's fault. You know that I love 1911, so you brought two of them in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting to really get annoyed by you. Yeah. You're welcome, sir. Uh-huh. All right, uh, let's uh, move on. A little uh, flat, dark earth here. With, mm-hmm. Oh, threaded barrel, too. Yep, so this is a used one that we have in stock. It's a uh, FX45 tactical. It has suppressor height uh, sights on it. It's It's also threaded. Uh, also is optics cut. Just a good old uh, FN. They, they, you can't beat them. Yeah, FN. How's, what do you think of the trigger? I'm just curious what you think of it. Uh, single, uh, single stage it is very good, clean, crisp trigger. The, the double uh, action's a little bit longer for me than I like, but it's an FN at the same time. I mean, you, you can't, you can't go, go wrong. wrong. An FN. They 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 build a quality pistol, you know. There's there's nothing else you can do about it uh, besides just shoot it and have fun. Shoot it and have fun. All right, I'm up against the clock, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take a quick break, but uh, we're come back, and uh, we got something a little bit longer, a little bit bigger uh, that we're gonna talk about that <laughs> is part of show and Oof. tell from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. I'm Gary on Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Potterhorn Guns and Archery is with us as well. We've got Brian and Jared in the uh, in the studio here. Uh, coming up, uh, we are going to have a conversation with Dr. John Lott. Democrats are trying to argue that uh, states that Trump won, um, a.k.a. the red states, they've got a, a much higher uh, mortality rate uh, for uh, firearms uh, than uh, states that Biden won. And... When the Republicans responded by saying, well, that's in this the blue cities inside the red states. It's the Democrat areas uh, where this is a problem. They came back and said, no, no, even if you take that out, uh, th- there are a couple of things they did to come to this conclusion. I know what they did, and I know John Lott is going to highlight this, but we'll get it from him. He is uh, the consummate expert on uh, gun control regulations and what happens when they're passed. In the meantime, as part of show and tell, uh, we talked about the pistols. Uh, All right, let's go for broke. What do we got here in the corner? In the corner, we have 
a Franke Instinct side plate, which is an absolutely exquisite shotgun. So anybody who is a shotgun aficionado or enthusiast will admire this particular shotgun for its absolute sheer beauty, if nothing else. This firearm is extraordinary. The wood is immaculate. It's nearly marbled with the just absolutely pristine, beautiful wood. Couple that with a kind of a case-hardened receiver that's got gold inlay of a quail on one side and a pheasant on the other. Couple that with a vented rib and uh, choke tubes. This shotgun is your all-purpose. You want to look the part when you're at the sporting clays field, <laughs> when you're following a bird dog through uh, a fence row in North Missouri. This is the go-to. Everybody would be would be thrilled to carry this shotgun. So this one would make a phenomenal Christmas present for anybody who's a shotgun enthusiast. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, quite a write-up. It is beautiful. It, it's exquisite, and it does have a, a pretty hefty price tag, but these are incredibly hard to get, and it is top quality. The thing that I, I really admire about this is a brand-new shotgun. I shoot over-unders. My over-under shotguns are my favorite of all shotguns, and most new over-unders take a break-in period before you can even really operate them smoothly. This one operates smoothly, brand spanking new, out of the box. It is exquisite in every way. Wow. That is nice. If uh, you want to see this, you're going to, I assume you, as hard as they are to get, that this is it. This is the only one you got. This is the only one that we've got, and I don't see us getting another one of these in the foreseeable like immediate future. We will get another one, but uh, it took us a long time to get this one, so once it's gone, it'll be tough to replace. Uh let me uh, let me ask you this, uh, Jared. Do you uh, do you go out shooting the clay pigeons? Do you do that? I do. I do. And and obviously Brian does. Oh yeah. Uh, I've uh, I don't think I've. I'm trying to think the last the last time I did that, was probably seven or eight years ago. Larry Wayland invited me to go out with him at a charity event, and uh, I am not particularly good at this. In fact. <laughs> My pigeons generally broke when they hit the ground. So, uh, how much, uh, how long did it take you to, to really get the hang of this, Brian? Was it something that was real easy for you? Came to you naturally? I grew up with it. Um, I started shooting trap and skeet, uh, and I honestly started on skeet. Most kids start on trap, but I started on skeet when I was a, a little kid, and uh, I shot a lot. I mean, I shot a lot, and uh, you know, had the same learning curve everybody does, where. Um, you, most of the targets break when they hit the ground, and you, know, you can count all your targets out of a round on one hand. Um, and it just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of practice, and a little bit of training and training your eyes to be able to shoot both eyes open is a, is a really big component in understanding which eye is your dominant eye. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't take that long, and you can become pretty proficient on a trap or skeet field uh, with just you know, a few hundred rounds. Do you go to Prairie Grove? I do go to Prairie Grove a lot. Um, I, yes, I go to Prairie Grove. I go to any place that'll let me shoot a shotgun. <laughs> any place. <laughs> uh, your neighbor's backyard. Who cares? Heck, my uh, backyard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
See, that's the advantage to being outside of the city. You can get yourself a little land and, you know, you get the opportunity of uh, the right circumstances to do that sort of thing. It's a big motivator in a lot of things that I've done in my life is to be away from the city and out in the country where I can kind of do what I want. Yep. I don't know if my neighbors care for me too much because I got a gun, ra- a little bit of a handgun range behind my house, and sometimes they may look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> in my well, that, do you do you really, Jared, think that has anything to do with the handgun range? Uh, well, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they shot. think you're crazy <laughs> for a whole bunch of other reasons. I'm just saying. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, this shotgun, uh, if you want to see it, uh, you got because it's here, you got to wait an, until after 10 o'clock, and it won't take you long. Uh, you guys could be there in 10 minutes. Yeah, by 10 after 10, it'll be back on the shelf and ready to go. That is really pretty, though. That is really, is. really pretty. That, I will say Benelli saves the best wood that they have in their production lines for this gun. You know, they, they want to make sure it's got a very unique piece of wood to it. Yeah, it would be it would be a waste of money in my hands, um, but uh, it, oh come on! I buy think it. you're saying that prematurely because yeah. you just need to shoot a shotgun more. You need to get to the range, and I'm happy to take you anytime you want to go, and uh, and just you know put a case of shells through a shotgun, and you'll be amazed how fast how fast you improve. And you shoot a case of shotgun shells through any over under, at the end of the case, you will consider yourself a shotgun shooter. All right, I'm going to take you up on that. I am going to take you up on that. Offer always stands. All right. Uh, all right, so we got to move on because uh, uh, Dr. John Lott's going to be with us in a few minutes, and we've got a lot of other ground that we need to cover before he gets here. Uh, apparently, there is um, the gas-operated semi-automatic firearms exclusion. If you take the first letter, it very cleverly says go safe. It's G gas-operated semi-automatic firearms exclusion. The Go Safe Act. Uh, Angus King, a Democrat, well, he's actually an independent from Maine, but he works with the uh, Democrats all the time. Uh, And uh, Martin Heinrich uh, from uh, New Mexico. Uh, This would ban the production and sale of practically every modern sporting rifle that's currently on the market. Uh, gun control groups like every uh, every town are excited about this. Uh, they say it's uh, some uh, sort of new approach to combating mass shootings. Uh, bearing arms uh, suggests that the truth is it's still just a, another sweeping gun ban, gussied up with some new language, uh, but with the same uh, the same uh, intent behind it. Uh, gas-operated semi-automatic fire. I mean, they really, really went out of their way for this. <coughs> this uh, catchy this legis- name, huh? It's a catchy name, isn't it? Clever. It, it and really then the is. Go Safe Act. That's just that's just too clever. Too clever by half. Uh, it uh, is unconstitutional. I'm sure it won't pass muster uh, with the Supreme Court. Uh, but it's another fight that we have to fight. Yeah, it, it, you know, we're constantly, we never, that's why it's so important to support uh, these uh, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, even the National Rifle Association. 
isn't because, it, it isn't strange how we put the National Rifle Association last on the list now? And used to, they were the champion of everything gun rights. And uh, the times have changed. I had great respect for them. Um, in fact, um, I used to be the guest host uh, when Wayne LaPierre, who had his radio show at Westwood One, uh, when he would have to go out and uh, do something, it, it couldn't be there. I was the guy they always called in. I knew Wayne personally. Uh, we'd been to several private events, uh, and, and I had great respect for him. But I think a couple of things have sort of softened, um, including their approach to gun control. Indeed. But uh, as they have softened, some other, other organizations have really taken a good, hard stand. And uh, we're really, really, you know, in a good place to have those organizations uh, fighting for us, protecting yeah, our don't... rights. I don't mind supporting any of them. Nope. I really don't. I'm a, I'm a supporter of all of them. Yeah. That's uh, because you've got to fight this. Otherwise, they'd get away with it. Uh, this uh, this new regulation uh, that would just take away uh, practically every modern rifle. Can, and, can you think of any... shotguns, because uh, if they go by gas-operated, there is gas-operated shotguns out there, too. Quite a bit of them. Yeah, I mean, it really would affect a lot of firearms. Um, all I could say is, uh, thank God those other groups are out there filing lawsuits uh, and challenge them in court. Um, because it, without them... So much ground they, would be lost already. They would, yeah, they'd yeah. run right over us. Yep. They would they, run right really over would. us. Those organizations are paramount in us defending all of our rights. And uh, we, can't, we can't protect the others without the second. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you don't have the uh, Second Amendment, then they're going after everything else. Uh, all right, uh, 800-529-5572 or 874 uh, Let me see if I got, uh, let's see, a California teenager... Facing 30 years on gun charges, walks away with probation. We'll try to get to that before the uh, end of the uh, of the hour. A federal judge concludes under 21s have a Second Amendment right, and uh, you can't ban them. Federal judge in West Virginia handed young adults uh, along the uh, uh, along with the Second Amendment Foundation and West Virginia Citizens Defense League a huge victory granting summary judgment and declaring the federal prohibition on commercial handgun sales to adults under the age of 21 is unconstitutional. Uh, this is uh, Judge Thomas Clee. Uh, he, he rejected the argument offered by the Department of Justice that the prohibition is okay because under 21 still have the right to possess a handgun under federal law and can even lawfully attain one from a parent. Uh, well, in theory, anyway. Uh, he found that the argument uh, was nonsensical, pointed out that the plaintiffs don't dispute the 18 to 20-year-olds who are law-abiding adults and not otherwise banned from firearm possession are not prohibited from possessing handguns. Instead, the injury uh, is done to plaintiffs, uh, the, the plaintiffs of the case. They should be able to at 18. If you're going to call them adults, they're adults. Absolutely. I'm up, I'm up against the clock. Uh, when we come back, John Lott. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, also pleased to have Potterhorn Guns and Archery in studio with us. Brian uh, is with us, and so is Jared. So glad to be back. Uh, it, you know, at your age, I don't doubt it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. All right. Uh, so third way, 
Org, and they have this story about a two-decade red state murder problem. And in it, they allege that in states won by uh, Donald Trump, the murder rate is much higher. And in, uh, in response to that, people said, well, that's because the blue cities inside the red states. And they came back and said, even when numbers in the largest cities in red states are removed, overall murder rates in Trump voting states were 12% higher than Biden voting states. Um, across uh, this 21-year period and were higher in 18 of the 21 years observed. Well, generally speaking, uh, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics, and the guy that always seems to find out exactly what they did and explain it so that everybody knows what they did is Dr. John Lott, uh, crimeresearch.org, and he is with us this morning. John, welcome back to uh, Gary on Guns. Glad to have you with us. Happy to be on. Thanks for having me on. All right, so what are, the, what are the tricks in the games that they're playing with their conclusion that red states are more dangerous than blue states? Uh, I mean, it matters what years they're going to pick even for that. Uh, if you take 2021, for example, which was available when they put uh, this initial report out, uh, the opposite was true. Uh, the, the states that Biden won in 2020 had a higher murder rate than the states that Trump won. But, you know, the thing is, anybody who knows anything about how law enforcement and crime knows that this is a local issue, that uh, policing policies like the number of police you have or the policies that the police will, will follow are overwhelmingly determined locally. Uh, district attorneys are virtually always elected locally. Judges are almost always elected locally. So arrests and conviction rates and uh, uh, even what types of ordinances in many cases, the states will determine the, many of the laws, but not all of them. Uh, but the judges who are going to sentence them are all determined locally. And so... You know, you can go and uh, they want to go and blame, let's say, the gun laws in in states, saying that uh, Republican states tend to have looser gun laws than the others do. But, you know, that's not going to explain why you have much higher murder rates in the in the Democratic areas of those states relative to the Republican areas by itself. I mean, obviously, there are going to be differences in terms of city and rural areas in terms of crime rates. But. You know, you go and look at uh, 2022 or 2020, for example, you look at the counties, uh, the counties that uh, uh, that Biden won uh, have a much higher murder rate in both the states that Biden won, as well as the states that Trump won. Uh, even in 2020, what was driving it was very clearly uh, the, the counties that Biden won. You look at a state like Missouri, for example, your state, uh, you have uh, St. Louis County. They have a murder rate of about 50 per 100,000. Uh, the Kansas City area uh, also has a very high murder rate. Um, you know, that drives the numbers for the whole state. Uh, you look nationally, uh, about 60% of the counties of the United States have zero murders. Uh, another almost 20% or 15% have only one murder. So you're talking about 
75% or so of the counties in the United States have either zero or one murder. Murders are extremely heavily concentrated in the United States. You have 2% of the counties, which are overwhelmingly uh, Democratic counties, uh, have account for about 56% of the murders. Uh, you look at the uh, 5% worst counties, which are, again, virtually all uh, Democratic counties. Uh, and what you find is that uh, about 76% of the murders are there. So, you know, it's true those counties have most of the population, but you, you look at the 2%, the worst ones. They have 56% of the murders, but they have about 27% of the population. So their murders are more than twice their share of the population in the country. So it's kind of hard, no matter how you want to want to cut that, to go and uh, and separate that out. You so, know, sheriffs are elected at the county level, uh, also not just uh, the you know the policing decisions for the cities. They write that uh, in their study they collected homicide data from 2000 to 2020 for all 50 states from the CDC, um, the the Center of Disease Control. Uh, Wonders right. National uh, Center for Health Statistics mortality data. Uh, and it's based, they say, on death certificates collected uh, by state registries and provided to the National Vital Statistics System. And they say the CDC data is preferable to the FBI data because it's more up-to-date and it doesn't rely on voluntary reporting uh, from counties and states that all states are required to report mortality data to the CDC. Is that accurate? Well, not completely. I mean, obviously, in 2021, uh, for the crime data in 2021 and for 2022, uh, there's been real problems in terms of reporting uh, crime rate data. Uh, and those are overwhelmingly the Democratic counties, but uh, states. But uh, before that, uh, the data was pretty good. And, you know, one thing just so people understand is that there's a difference between homicides and murders. Homicides include both murders and justifiable homicides. And it's never really been completely obvious to me, though public health people uh, like to lump those together, why you want to differentiate, uh, you know, somebody who's murdering somebody versus somebody who you know, a woman who shoots uh, a serial rapist who breaks into her house at 2 a.m. in the morning. To me, those are not quite the same things in terms of whether they're bad or good. So, um, but, uh, you know, with the homicide data, you basically lump those two things together. Interesting distinction that they don't, uh, they don't make clear. Uh, I've only got you for a few more minutes, but before I uh, before I let you go, and, and I'll throw this out there if Brian or Jared have a question, to feel free to throw it in there. But um, you sent me uh, this uh, information about uh, um, concealed carry permit holders across the United States in 2023. Uh, tell me what this study is. What, what did you uh, uh, uncover? Well, we put out a study every year on the number of concealed carry permit holders. Uh, and I've been collecting this type of data since 1998. And this is the first year that we've actually seen a drop in the total number of concealed carry permit holders in the United States. It wasn't much of a change. It was about half of 1%. Uh, 
down from over 22 million to uh, uh, just under that. But uh, the interesting thing is what's driving that. Uh, in, the, in the constitutional carry states, uh, what you find is that there's been a, a, a drop um, and in the other states where you still have to get a permit to be able to carry, uh, there's been an increase. But the drop, you know, you can still get a permit in the constitutional carry states, and people will do that for many reasons. One is they may just feel better having a permit, uh, or if they travel to a state that doesn't have uh, constitutional carry, uh, they may need to have a permit for reciprocity. But as you've had more and more states move towards constitutional carry, so we have 27 states now, it's no longer as necessary to go and get a concealed carry permit. I mean, before, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago, uh, even if your state was constitutional carry, there was a good chance that if your neighboring state wouldn't be. But now we have huge areas of the country, about uh, 60% of the area in the country that is constitutional carry. And so that reason for getting a permit has gone away. Now there's still some places, some states that if you have a permit, you're allowed to carry in certain venues um, that you're not allowed to carry if you don't have a permit. But it's, but there's been a drop and it's been driven by the drop in the constitutional carry states. we still see a lot of interesting patterns there. Uh, women are getting permits at a much faster rate than men are. Uh, blacks are getting the permits at a much faster rate than whites are. About uh, For women, it's about 111% uh, faster growth rate over the last 10 years. Uh, for blacks, it's about 220% faster uh, than it is for whites over the last 10 years. So there's been a huge explosion. Uh, in both of those, and those are what's been driving the increase uh, generally uh, where you've seen increases in permits. Um, so, and there are lots of other things there that we had, we paid for a survey by McLaughlin and Associates. Uh, there are 15.6% of uh, general election voters who say that they uh, carry a concealed handgun permit or carry, carry a concealed handgun. Uh, you find about 8% say that they carry it uh, always uh, or virtually always. So, you know, those are, and, you know, this is just skimming the very top. They're like about 20 bullet points that we have on there for, for those types of facts. So if I want to go through the whole thing, go to crimeresearch.org? Yeah, exactly. It's right there at the top. Uh, one more uh, observation I want to make. Uh, and that is, if you go to a state that is permitless carry, uh, and you don't have a permit from your home state, uh, you got to be careful, because uh, some states, I know, for instance, Ohio, they're permitless carry, but only for Ohio residents. So if you come from Missouri... Yeah, most, right. Um, you know, most of the states don't have that difference, but you're right, there are a few states that are like that. So you want to be careful. Dr. John Lott always finds the twisted logic uh, in, uh, in the, uh, the anti-gun studies. It's amazing how they can never be forthright and honest. Uh, John, thank you for being with us this morning. All right. Thank you for having me on. All take right. Care. Take care. Dr. John Lott, 
Uh, More Guns, Less Crime, a great book. Uh, and, and CrimeResearch.org is a great website. Uh, donate, if you will, because he does a lot of good work. We're up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. We'll be back. It is Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Uh, Brian and Jared in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, for uh, folks who are looking for the store, Jared, where can they find it? It's 1915 Paris Road, Suite 103. There you go. Uh, and uh, we brought in several firearms this morning. Uh, let's do a quick run through, guys, uh, so that uh, you know people who might have missed show and tell have some idea. Because you brought in some really neat firearms today, including the shotgun. Let's start with that, Brian. That shotgun is the the Frankie Frankie side plate, and you have to see it to believe it because it is absolutely exquisitely beautiful. Uh, the wood is second to none. The engraving on the side uh, of the receiver is exquisite, just beautiful, with the quail and the pheasant, and then vented rib and choke tubes. I mean, it's it's a shotgunner's dream. And the furniture is beautiful. Oh, it, it, really it, is. it is. Furniture is a great word because it looks like the nicest piece of furniture in a, in a classic library with the the marbling in that in that stock is just beautiful. Jared, couple of nineteen elevens. Yes, sir. So uh, we got the Kemper uh, KDS-9C. It's a beautiful mixed breed of uh, double stack 1911 with more of a conceal and carry style to it. Beautiful, lightweight, just a very elegant, uh, everyday gentleman's uh, conceal and carry handgun. Okay. And uh, the other 1911? It would be the uh, EA Witness 2311 by Grasson. It's more of your... John Wick kind of style gun for somebody that's wanting to be fancy and shoot at the range and have a good time with it. With it's got all the tactical cool features. Yeah. And then uh, finally the flat dark earth. Oh, the uh, FN FNX 45 ACP. Why? Because they don't make 46. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I think of FN, I think of 5.7. Uh, and, and they were for a long time, I think, uh, the only... The only people using that round, mm-hmm. and it's a, I mean, it's a fabulous round. It it's is a it, phenomenal round. I, I'm a huge fan of the five seven twenty eight. Uh, extraordinary cartridge. And FN, they did corner the market on it for a long time, but we have other options now. We've got yeah. uh, some Smith options, Ruger, and we're seeing more and more carbines that are coming out in that chambering. Um, just man, it's a it's a whole lot of whole lot of wampum in a tiny little package. Have you tried the Ruger FN, or the uh, Ruger Five Seven? I have not fired one, but I have handled one on many occasions, and I I honestly prefer the Ruger and the Smith to my FN. I got the Smith. That's the one I want to bring you. Uh, I want you guys to uh, cite for me. Um, and it is, it's everything I've always thought a firearm should have and, and be. Uh, it it holds plenty of rounds. Because uh, as uh, my old friend Tim Oliver used to say, the only time you can have too many too many rounds if you're on fire or you're swimming <laughs> or drowning. But, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're uh, otherwise, uh, you can't carry too many. So it carries a lot. The trigger pull is almost 1911ish. It, it is that crisp, it is very good trigger pull on them. Yeah, awesome. uh, easy to shoot. Man, this thing just has everything. Uh, but I haven't tried the Ruger, and I'm. Kind of curious to see how they did with it. 
I think they did a good job with it. I, I really do. I, I think I prefer the Smith, but the Ruger I pre still prefer over the FN, and I love my FN. Uh, we've sold a ton of them over the years in all the shops, and you know, for a long time, ammo availability was kind of a problem with five seven. But we're we're past that now, and and ammo is is more and more available. I'm even seeing it in uh, some of the big box stores and places that you wouldn't expect to find five seven. Prices come more down and on more it a little common. bit too. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of price, uh, the FN 5.7 is way more expensive than, than uh, uh, the Smith. Uh, so that's another advantage. And you're right about the 5.7. I mean, everybody is making something that shoots 5.7. I know CMMG has come up with an AR, I think, that uh, shoots it. They sure do. Caltech's uh, got a pistol that shoots it. Caltech does? Oh, yeah. I miss that. Yep. I have one in the shop. <laughs> do you really? Come by and look at it. Caltech is a, what a neat little uh, firearms manufacturer. Um, oh, yeah. I, and I don't know about, about you guys, but I, I'm, when, when uh, something shows up at the SHOT Show and it gets a lot of publicity like uh, the Smith & Wesson did, I think it's going to take like a year and a half before anybody really sees it. But they came out pretty quickly. Yeah. They did. It seemed like that they were they were actually ready to launch when they launched, and and we haven't seen that in the past couple of years as much. But in this case, I, I really believe that they were prepared for the demand that that, that little uh, offering was going to create, and it's been a, it's been a real winner for them. So. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I actually, uh, it, my wife, I, I told her about it, uh, and she got excited. She wanted one badly, so I got her one. And uh, then I wanted one badly, and she got me one. So Win-win. So yeah. Yeah. Win, Another win, cool win. one that, that Smith just came out with just a little bit ago was that twenty two mag pistol. 30-round capacity on that thing is just phenomenal shooter. Wow, 30 rounds. Yeah. That, uh, that'll, uh, that'll keep you busy for a few minutes. I know, right? Yeah. All right, and you guys have 5.7 ammo in stock? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it used to be so hard to get, and it's now just, it's ubiquitous. All right, so the place to go to get all of those uh, uh, firearms that we just uh, brought up is uh, Potterhorn Guns and Archery. We got to run. Uh, Brian and Jared, thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. All right, well, whatever it is in life that you want, go on, get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home. <laughs>